Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! Ah! Hold in whatever what? you were about to say. <laughs> Because we have to wait until we're recording. I'm clenching. Don't worry. Oh. And welcome to the Film Majors, everyone. I'm Zach. I am Mick. Unfortunately, I'm Alexis. And she is clenched. She's clenched. She's I'm clenched. It is. She's clenched with excitement because yeah. we have come to uh, the last episode. It's an epic conclusion of, of Period Peace Palooza. Good lord. Oh my god. I'm so sad to see it go. I've enjoyed everything about it, especially that one part. I'm going to miss that a lot. Mm. What? What's just going woo? Yeah. Uh, you, can, uh, you can still do it. Well, yeah. We'll have to figure out something else for just Christmas. Just not when we're yeah. recording. We'll have to sing a little. You are the showman, and I am the showman. You know what we're talking about, folks. You know what we're talking about. You know what I kind of want to talk about? What's What's going going on? Oh. I wasn't even paying attention. Ooh, you guys are disgusting, Mm. and I love it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Let's sit in that. Alexis is in the hot seat today. I am, and I'm enjoying it. How does it feel to be in the hot seat? All um, eyes are on I you. I have warm coffee. I'm toasty. I'm in a skirt. Um, <laughs> it's true. And uh, I'm just really excited to talk about the movie that we're going to talk about. But before then, what's going on? Uh, well, one thing that's going on for me is uh, because I have AMC A-List and because I want to churn out that sweet, sweet content for every one of our beautiful viewers, wherever they may be, uh, I went and saw The Menu, uh, directed by Mike Malloy. I'm so curious. I didn't love it. I thought it was going to be pretty mid based off of the trailer. Uh, you would be correct. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was decent. Uh, Ray Fiennes is very good in it. Um, Hong Chow is good. Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Braun are both good. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't really delve any deeper into its social commentary than, you know, these rich assholes who can afford to go to this sort of a restaurant probably deserve what's coming to them. And it's like, mm. yeah, that's a fine message to have. Hasn't, hasn't been done before? Well, yeah, it's been done before, and I feel like if you're going to have that simplistic a social commentary, you need to have fun genre flourishes to come with it. I wish it had leaned harder into being, like... It's, it's a kind of a black comedy um, with some thriller elements... How graphic is it? Not very. There's a few, mm. like, there's one or two nasty kills, but, like, none that are that bad, uh, particularly on the, like, rich patrons of this restaurant. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that if you're going to have a simplistic commentary like that, just, like, go go for it. Be a, like, nasty horror comedy. Uh, you know what that movie needed? What? Cannibalism. If that Why not? Had, if, it had, if they not? had literally been eating the rich, I think that it would have been... See, I this just... makes me think that we do still need to watch Perfume. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I was going to say, just for the record, listeners, uh, Zach says that about every movie. Yep. 
it, there should I have been cannibalism. Can, I think we can tell where his mind is and maybe his taste buds. Yeah, so. my mind is on lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Quit sucking on my it's leg. It's on the menu. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, there are a few really good gags. Like, I, I enjoyed what? myself. That was a bad gag. It was a gag I didn't enjoy. No. And I hear far too often. Um, <laughs> oh. um, you I'm did me dirty. <laughs> I, um, okay. This is the only time when I don't enjoy the hot seat. Hey, it's one more. Don't, don't. A little I'm not yucking your yum, though, of course. Never yucking your yum. Um, yeah, but, you know, I would say soft recommendation for the menu. Uh, you know, if it comes out on streaming, check it out. It's like an hour, 45 minutes. It, it doesn't really overstay its welcome. There's a few laughs. I love well, movies under two hours. You've immaculate. sold me. I can't wait to see it. It sounds immaculately mid. Great. And, you know, I'm all about that. Great. How's the food? Does it look good? Uh, not particularly, which is kind of the point. How is the mignonette? The what? The mignonette. I don't know what a mignonette is. It's a sauce. It's a sauce, yeah. What kind of sauce? The mignonette sauce. Oh my god. What does it go on? on? You put it in you put it onto an oyster on the half shell. Oyster. It's vinegar based. Oh. Yeah. Well. It's yeah. actually really good. I Look, just learned something. You learned something. something. You clearly never that was went the to the sound of Zach festival. learning. No, festival. I I don't really festival. do shellfish. I think festivals. I might be allergic. <laughs> Make sure you eat your festivals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Zach, you're just allergic to so many things. I'm allergic to one thing for one family of things. For sure. Tree nuts. Yeah. You don't like you don't like tree nuts, huh? I, well, I can't keep eat those them. nuts off his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I learned that the hard way. I, you swelled up like a strawberry. You haven't learned that. <laughs> Fuck. I can't. Ugh. Okay, I'm like I don't even want to bring up the movie that I watched because like. <laughs> It's so much more yeah, serious. Let's segue to the uh, Me Too film. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> what did you see, Alexis? I saw. Get your balls off my face! God. Oh, I'm unwell. Okay. Are uh, you here for the cure? <laughs> I, I went to go see She Said, um, and it has Carrie Mulligan. Mm. And what is the other girl's name? I forget. Oh, uh, Zoe Kazan, because her grandfather was that piece of shit Elia Kazan. Oh, that's her grandfather? Yes. hack. Shut up. Uh, Elia Kazan, director of On the Waterfront, and uh, fucking piece of of shit who sold his friends to the uh, House of Un-American Activities. So, uh, fuck you, Elia Kazan. Rot in your grave. Yeah, for those unaware, that was during the Red Scare, the Communist Scare. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she said, I, you know, I liked the movie. I have complicated feelings about it. I spent a good portion of the movie just tearing up because it, like, the subject matter is, you know, it hits a little close to home. You know, mm-hmm. I think, like, as a woman, there's many, many times where you've been put into an uncomfortable situation, and um, and it really does kind of change the way that you view the world in some ways, mm. um, especially as it happens over time and never stops, you know, because yeah. you just continue to still be a woman in a man's world. I was talking so. about that with someone on set yesterday, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, there's this... this woman who works in the COVID department and we were just talking about these awkward situations you sometimes get put into and the danger that women often put themselves in out of fear of being impolite yeah you know because of the societal pressures of just being nice and if you're not nice then there's well I think also like 
just in general, like I worked in accounting for a really long time and I had lots of clients that, you know, a lot of them were, were male clients, they were business owners. And it's like, you just, you just laugh when they make an inappropriate comment or something, or, you know, they're trying to hit on you and mm. you just kind of, ah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so this line item, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling, but it's, it's so blase because it just is so normal, you know, that yeah. like, I don't even, I don't consider it unnormal, you know, and that's kind of the shitty part of that. And that's why I think like, I was so, I, it put me in a big ick, essentially the movie put me in a big ick. I, I walked away from that movie. I was still kind of like on the edge of like wanting to like cry. Cause it's just, it's just not fucking fair, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, what happened to these women and uh, the fucking, fucking Harvey Weinstein. Fuck that guy. I'm so happy he's in fucking prison. Fat sack of shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah literally. Well, I, I will body shame that motherfucker, by the way. Yeah, fuck I don't him. Give a, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Job of a hook looking ass. And, and, and it was very interesting. There was this line that I think Carrie Mulligan's um, character says, like, towards the beginning, which is um, that... Well, why are we focusing on these actresses? Don't they already have a voice? And um, you kind of, she had the other, uh, Zoe Kazan's character had to be like, well, yeah, they have a platform, but they're not allowed to use it in this case. Like they've been silenced and like the whole system is working against them. And I think also like being in like the film industry, it makes it much more real because like I've met, you know, actors actresses and actors and they really they're just people you know um yeah and uh in general i, I like the movie I, I kept thinking though it's just not as good as spotlight it was it was i i liked the movie but at the same time it didn't feel as um emotionally affecting as spotlight continues to be every single time that i watch it i think it was a very important story i'm really glad that i watched it i'm glad that they made the movie and i'm glad that uh even ashley judd was actually in the movie oh wow. she's she's the she was the first uh yeah, actress yeah. other than rose mcgowan to like attach her name to the new york times article that they posted um and she said basically that you know it's my it's my duty as a, a woman and as a christian to um to come forward essentially and uh yeah i mean it was really really a tough position to be in because you know it's their their job is hollywood and uh they could have gotten in a lot of trouble and they did you know a lot of them were like blacklisted for a really long time because of you know saying these allegations or put in a position where like fucking harvey weinstein showed up to gwyneth paltrow's like house one day like after she had talked to them just didn't do anything just showed up so that he knew so that she knew that he knew you know like those methods of intimidation that men do are just fucking disgusting yeah he knew the power he fucking held. <laughs> yeah of course he did um but other than that the other women um i think it was like uh lauren o'connor there, there was a few different women that were interviewed and were named in that article and uh thank you i guess is all that I can really say. Why does it not hold up to Spotlight? Like, is know, it, does it feel less groundbreaking that that, that, that I, film did? I, or? I think that one of the things is that, like, visually, Spotlight has a lot of elements in addition to being a story that is really important, but also the <clears throat> atrocity of child abuse. I, I'd never want to, like 
compare things, but I think that like emotionally for me, as I like, cause I also went to Catholic school. So like it's, mm. it also hits close to home and it's like, it's not just like with, um, with like the Weinstein situation and the me too movement, you know, obviously these women are robbed of a voice and robbed of their bodies, you know, and their autonomy and everything. Um, and like I said, I'm not making a, a comparison because it's not comparable, but when I watch Spotlight, it's not just that all those things are happening to these children, that their voices are getting robbed, that their bodily autonomy is getting robbed, but also being robbed of their faith, you know, yeah. which breaks people, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, we got to nail these suckers. Yeah. So you yeah. show that no one can get away with this. Yeah. Not a priest or a cardinal. Or a friggin' pope! Mark Ruffalo, yeah. folks. <laughs> Mark Thanks Ruffalo. for joining us. It's time, Robbie! <laughs> um, yeah, I think just in general, I, I think because there was just the, the two women that were the reporters, and the, I think in Spotlight, there's a lot more of this, like, there's a lot more going on, I think, between, like, all the different storylines, you mm. know, with Garabedian and then uh, Mitch... Uh, no, it's Mitch Garabedian. Mitch Garabedian um, and... What's uh, the... Billy McLe- Yeah, yeah. McLeish. Eric McLeish. McLeish, yeah. yeah. There's just all these elements that are like... Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's all these elements that are happening. And on top of that, there is this visually interesting thing that happens is like all the t- all these different times where they're interviewing these people, you see churches in the background, you see children, yeah. and you can see that like the danger is just so constantly imminent in this town, you know? And uh, so I think that that's why I think personally that Spotlight is a better movie overall, but I still really liked She Said. I think very important story, like I said. Da-da. Again, we've said this on many an episode, but I love a newspaper movie. I'll definitely be checking it out. Yeah, definitely yeah. definitely check it out. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else going on? Uh, uh, I mean, we, we, we watched, watched a whole bunch of movies yeah, together. Do you want me to let, start listing them off and we can just Please check do. them off? Yeah, rattle them off. Okay, so uh, we started with Little Women. Oh, my God. I had never seen that before. Yeah. And, oh, my word. 2019 yeah. continues to impress to this day. Yeah. Wow, and, uh, what a good movie. I think that when we originally did the 2019 episode, I had mentioned that Little Women was, like, my pick, my favorite movie. And I just wanted to say that... Um, now you understand. And yeah. uh, you fuckers with your artsy bullshit lighthouse. <laughs> hey, I supported you. You did. Mick, Mick was, like, was like, really? Little women? Okay. Well, I hadn't seen it. Yeah. It was like, seems like too many women. <laughs> and why are, are they, they so really small? That small? <laughs> Could uh, be yeah, no, you should feel vindicated because I was... It was so good. It, it passed the make really, test really because good. it made you tear up. I did cry. Yeah. I cried... Throughout the whole movie, you were. You were I a was a ball mess. of fucking tears, yeah, like was, on the couch. The boys just, were just staring. I was just shoulder checking like every five minutes, and Alexis was just openly weeping. Yeah. It, was, it was sweet. So it was sweet. about right. You know, I had this moment, I told you guys, but I'll tell the viewers as well. But I was like on the couch, and I was just like having this moment of like, it's so nice to watch movies with friends. Aww. It's so nice to share this with them. Yeah, Alexis kept going, I just feel so much closer with y'all. Yeah. I mean, and that's also because, Zach, you had some strange bowel movements going on that day. So we could hear you from the other room just... So, just well, in my defense, ways, I was sick. Well, and true. I was, uh, was down with the sickness. 
I was down with the shitness. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. The shitness list. <laughs> was that? Yes, it was. Oh, okay. Uh, what's oh next, Alexis? Great, great, great. <laughs> Uh, we watched Bell Bell right after that good film good film I think uh, following that following Little Women with Bell with big women with um a little I I personally Little Women is better story than Bell it's a better film um yeah but uh you know there's still elements of Bell that I really enjoy I mean I obviously like doing period piece palooza there's so many movies that are not do not have like anybody of fucking color in them other than people in a position of um inferiority mm-hmm. you know like uh maids and such you know so it was nice to actually have a fucking movie yeah. on the list based on a true story yeah based on a true story yeah um I really recommend that. If you haven't seen Belle, uh, I, I was introduced to that film in the uh, feminist film theory course I took in Eugene, Oregon, and very, very good. Yeah, it's about uh, a, a, a girl whose mother is uh, black, and a slave. I, she was a slave, yeah. and her father was in the Navy, mm-hmm. and uh, when her mom dies, her dad takes her to his, uh, essentially his ancestral home, mm-hmm. and tells them, like, you need to raise her as one of your own, because she is mine, and I love her, and she is, she's raised like um, like a lady, essentially. Yeah. And um, the grandfather mm-hmm. is what exactly in England? Uh, he, he's Tom the magistrate? Wilkinson. Oh, well, he's like the magistrate. He's the ma- I think it's a magistrate where yes, you're like, you're he's right. the, the top person like of judicial law kind of in that. It's like, yeah, he's the equivalent of being in the Supreme Court uh, yeah. of, of England. He's the yeah. head honcho. Yeah, so uh, there was a, I think it was, was it the Zongo ship or Zong? Is that what it was? I think so. Anyways, yeah. there is essentially what is going on in that movie is uh kind of like a debate over whether or not the lives of slaves matter as cargo in Mm. regards to insurance um so it's a good movie um you definitely should check it out um yeah and then we watched the film that we will be discussing later and then i believe we watched blazing saddles yes we did watch blazing saddles he rode a blazing saddle he wore a shining star his job to offer battle to bad men here and far. He conquered okay, that's right. Right. <laughs> and he conquered haste. He turned dark night into light. It's a what? You it's know, a lie? you know, you know. As much as you say that you're not a musical theater person, you're clearly by, if musical. It's, if it's done by Mel Brooks, then yeah, I'm a musical guy. Oh my guy. god, we're gonna get you into yeah, musicals. Yeah, don't worry, it's Mick. Gonna it's happen. gonna happen. It's yeah. been people. You're gonna, you're gonna. I said that about anime, and well, I actually got into anime. That's not gonna happen. Well, you, Mick, you, you never say never in this group of friends. Yeah, you haven't met Bob Fosse yet. Who's Bob Fosse? All oh that my jazz. God. All that jazz. Oh. Yeah, and uh, cabaret. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun. That's great. Uh, he's, uh, and then after Blazing Saddles, Alexis was mostly asleep. Yeah, she, oh, yeah, she didn't even finish the fuck out. Well, because we drank so, so much during out. the movie that we watched before Blazing Saddles that by the time Blazing Saddles came on, I was like, guys, I'm I'm twisted. <laughs> you were twisted. <laughs> I was twisted. I ate another edible, and I was like, it's, it's night night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then I, I... No, I will admit, though, I really like Blazing Saddles. Yeah, it rules. Yeah. yeah. It rules. It's one I of the funniest. I was surprised, yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, I love Gene Wilder so much. So fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. We we might have to do a Blazing Saddles episode at we some really point. We really should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once Alexis fell asleep, I uh, I stole a little bit of an edible from her. She was asleep. She didn't know. Do not <laughs> dare to do drugs. And then Mick and I watched uh, The Naked Gun Files from the Police Squad, which I had never seen and thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I've been wanting to show you this movie for a long time, and... Uh, it, it, that's another movie that still holds up. Don't quote me on this, but I think the people who made Naked Gun are the same people who made Airplane. Uh, yes, the Zucker brothers. It's it's so good. It's I I put Blazing Saddles, Airplane, and Naked Gun up there together. I I love a the comedy. joke per minute ratio. Yes, it's just it, they rattle it off. It's so great. There's a wonderful celebrity cameo. In By it. Mr. O.J. Simpson? Uh, no, it's he's not the one that, I would, the Is that a cameo? Yeah, no, he has like a part in that movie. What a funny guy. He was great. great. Yeah. He, what, what, else, what else did he do? Oh, no. Well, he... he <laughs> I think he owned he a Bronco. Won, well, yeah, and he won he the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, no, he uh, rushed for like over 200 yards. Yeah. yeah. It's a hand model. Yeah, yeah that's all he with did. gloves. Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> O.J. Simpson, hand model. <laughs> All right, uh, didn't you guys wake me up because Priscilla Presley was yes. in that movie? Yes, we and thought I, you'd have a bigger reaction. We were like, oh, Lexus, dude, I don't even remember up. you guys it's waking Priscilla. me up. And you looked over and went, Mwah. and then he just kind of got more twisted. That's accurate. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've been talking for over 20 minutes. Okay, wait, uh, but we're not. We're not yeah, we haven't done. got through the list. Yeah, we we there's the still list. more okay. stuff this going on. This is a fucking long episode. Okay, we, we watched The Favorite, which was really good. Uh, Nick had never seen I it before. Seen either. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, Emma Stone's performance in fucking Rachel Weiss oh. and Olivia Coleman just fucking star studded. Yeah. You know, incredible so female beautiful power in that. too. Oh my yeah. gosh. And the, the fucking wide shots are fucking weird and great. Yeah. And I, just like the the excess of the upper class is like per, portrayed in such a like viscerally like disgusting and disturbing kind of way. I love it. After this, I might see if you guys want to watch uh, A Killing of a Sacred Deer. I'm down. I, I love Yorgos Lanthimos. That dude, I, I've been yeah. meaning to watch that movie for like years now. Call it Farrell. Call seen it Farrell. Isn't it Barry Co? Uh, yeah, Barry yeah. Cohen. Yeah, that yeah. was the movie that like put him on the map. Yeah, I really, really, I like him as an actor like a lot. So I really want to see him. Oh, you know what else he was in? Dunkirk. And That's we watched right. that. We watched me, me and Mick watched Dunkirk again. Yeah, so good. First, yeah, I was just I don't remember what you were doing in the kitchen, but you were like, "So what do you want to watch?" And I was like, "Dunkirk." And he was. Yeah. What did you say? It's like, are you the are you the woman of my dreams? Is that what yeah, this yeah, is? yeah. You just want to watch a World War II film <laughs> casually? Yeah. Oh my god! How lucky! And then uh, as a, as, and... a, as a joke, but not. Wait, what? No, sorry. Keep as, going. As a joke, but also not as a joke. I threw on Pearl Harbor afterwards. Yeah, I've never seen it, and well, I really want to. Well, I skipped through almost every single scene that we... had to do with romance. I, so here's the thing, though, <laughs> really quickly. When we when we put it on, because we were eating up all the violence at Dunkirk, we were yeah, loving it. Yeah. We put on Pearl Harbor because we wanted to keep the World War II thing going. And yeah. Let's just say, you know what? Let's just fast forward to. I've never heard her say this before. Let's just fast forward to like all the action bits. I just want to see death. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, let's get to the violent part. Um, yeah. And we did, and thank God for that because you have to get through half of that fucking movie before anything really happens. So, no, it's it's 
tragic. I hate Ben Affleck in that movie. He his character is just like funny. Funny story from the set of that movie. Apparently, when that was being made, uh, someone someone who was working on it, I don't remember who, told the story. Was like, yeah, no, Michael was like really insistent on like he was gonna hold shots longer. He was going to you know be more patient with his editing. He didn't want to make a movie like he had been making and after he was he was like well no he was like after the first day it was like (laughs) i i believe the quote was it was like on the first day it was like watching an an italian try to speak without using his hands and Mm. by the second day we were making a michael bay movie again (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that sounds about it, right. I, I do have to say, it, strangely enough, it passed the MIG test a couple times. <laughs> well, well, I, I no. think it's hard because of the subject matter. Yeah, well, it's that's not a good subject matter for Michael Bay. Well, I, but actually, I'll be honest with you. The once actual, we get like, to the attack, parts are, are well, it's great. Yeah, like it's like, what like you, a them, pro harbor film should be. Well, like the them thing, trying to get to the hangars yeah. and uh, get all that like kind of prepared so that they can like take off. And just just in general, like the that section of the movie is like a good forty five minutes long, yeah. and the actual attack of Pearl Harbor lasted only an, an hour, hour and fifteen, 15. minutes. Wow. So it's almost like a play yeah. by play. And uh, and they got a lot of stuff right. Like yeah. when the when the when the zeros are flying over mm-hmm. the mountains and going through, and you have all the kids looking at that. As yeah. I told you, yeah, my. Ex's grandmother was there. She was oh, like wow. six years yeah. old during the Pearl Harbor morning, and she told me she remembers going outside and looking up and seeing a zero fly by and actually making eye contact with the pilot. Yeah, and wow. that's in yeah. the film. And yeah. so it was kind of cool to watch. Oh wow, they really did their research. This yeah, cool. and and in general, like when I you know I read a lot of books in in school because I was a nerdy kid, mm-hmm. but. Uh, one image that I think always stuck with me from the attack on Pearl Harbor was the hands coming out of the grate of one of the ships because yeah. many, many men were trapped in those ships after they were bombed um, and never got out. They're still there. Yeah. So um, just that that imagery was very it's still in my retina um, to this day in my subconscious. And so seeing it play out on the big screen is it's definitely affecting. Yeah. So. Good job, Michael Bay. Yeah, You're well, done the, good. Yeah, I mean, once you get past fucking all the shit, the Ben Affleck <laughs> and Josh Hutchins, not Hutcherson. Yeah, I kept saying, hey, it's Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> the guy from Hunger Games. Oh yeah, it's, no, Shovel Face. I know him. It's yeah. uh, what does it say? Josh Hartnett. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know who Josh Hartnett plays? Huh? Boy Sweat Dave. Oh what? really? Yes, he plays Boy Sweat Dave in Wrath of Man. Oh, okay. He is oh, your, now I have right. to see the movie. No, you he is don't. your namesake, Alexis. I have to watch you it now. Boy, sweat Alexis. I literally, I that's my better. favorite thing to say on set. It's just like, all right, it's boy, sweat Alexis time. <laughs> 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 like, why am I so disgusting? I don't understand. That's a good question. Um, okay, any other movies we should we should try to get? Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're. We watch Legends of the Fall. Oh, we watched Legends of the Fall. You fell asleep during part of it. Did I? Yeah, no, just a little I bit. Um, it has a really, really good score by James Horner. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the movie's it's kind of mid. But like, that's a that is a family favorite. And what did I say? I said that must be the Avitia family secret sauce: is steamy sex scenes in period films. Yeah. <laughs> period films. Period piece films. Okay. <laughs> Let's be specific. Steamy sex do, in do period films. Do we have films. to? You're the only one that's picking that apart. You know, maybe well, that's subconscious. I think we should just call it steamy period sex. 
Excellent. I love it. All right. Anything else? We threw on Christina Royale. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. after That's discussing fun. it last episode. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a lesser-known spy film. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you've somehow fucking lived under a rock for like sixteen years, yeah. go check out Casino Royale. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and with that, let's uh, segue into. Let's uh, get out of what's going on. Let's get out of what's going on. Button up, fuckers. Um, so comfort movies, guys. Yeah. That's our topic for today. I think this might be sh- a shorter segment. Oh, I've got a lot. Oh, great. Okay, <laughs> okay never mind. I take it. I take everything I said back. Movie. Mm, movies. Oh my god. Okay. I bet you can't have just one. No, that's true. Uh, we did pretty extensively discuss one of mine. Yes, though. Spotlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. I find newspaper films, uh, particularly newspaper films featuring Mark Ruffalo, very comforting. Because yeah. another one of both my favorite movies and my comfort movies is Zodiac. Uh, mm. I find that movie strangely comforting. I I think it's the sort of procedural aspect of it, watching people who are good at their jobs work to solve a problem mm-hmm. uh, and work to solve a problem, particularly in the case of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, uh, working to solve a problem for no reason other than it's the right thing to do. Robert Graysmith is, I mean, and because you've become obsessed, mm-hmm. but... You know, that drive to know because something has happened that's wrong. I, I find that very comforting. I I think what I enjoy is um, the disillusionment that a lot of these people, uh, that happens to a lot of these people when they start to investigate something and realize how much people have been hiding mm-hmm. and how... How, how driven, little people have cared. How driven people are to keep it hidden. Yeah. You know? The conspiracy behind burying this Yeah, is like incredible. in Spotlight where he says, um, so what do you think we should do about it? Like, should we listen to them? He's like, I think we're going to have to not listen to anybody, anybody on yeah. this one. Yeah. You know? He's got no idea what's coming. Leif Schreiber is so fucking good in that movie. Yo, I Leif fucking love him, Schreiber. dude. Yeah. yeah I'm Marty like, yes. Baron, let's go, boy. Let's go, boy. I love him, Marty. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's uh, those are a couple of my comfort films. Nicholas, a couple. Yeah, Zodiac and Spotlight. Oh yeah, is yeah, that yeah. is that that's all your list is? Oh no, I have more. I just want to bounce it to somebody okay, else before yeah, I go get ahead. going. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm gonna keep this uh, this theme going here. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast yet, but one of my favorite comfort movies is also a journalism film. You've also actually starring... talked about it twice, I believe. Have I? Yes. Wow. Well, here we go again. Buckle up, fuckleheads. It is the Michael Keaton film from the 90s, mm-hmm. directed by Ron Howard, mm-hmm. also starring Glenn Close and Robert Duvall, mm-hmm. and the titular Randy Quaid, yeah. uh, The Paper. Oh, it's okay. a fantastic I've film. I've never seen it. It's really, really good. It's basically, it's a day in the life of the New York Sun. Uh, I don't know if it's a real paper. I think it might be fictionalized. But uh, basically, the movie opens with a... Um, hate crime so to speak yeah and uh the police discover it and right next to this crime there are two black men huh i guess we should throw them behind bars and so the film is basically michael keaton who is the main editor of this of this not the main editor but he's one of the higher up guys and the night before the newspaper really dropped the ball on a story so the investors are upset and so 
the film is about it parallels the uh, experiences of these two black men who are being accused of this crime and the Michael Keaton portion, which is to uncover the truth of this story, not because justice should be served necessarily. It's we need to have a good headline. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how you kind of watch how the, the motive behind the paper and the motives behind these two men end up kind of meeting at the end where the, you know, spoiler alert, but they, they do the right thing. Uh, they they uh, uncover the story and it's fantastic. And it reminds me a lot of Uncut Gems because the whole film is incredibly frantic. Uh, people are talking over each other. It's extremely stressful. Marissa Tomei is so good in it. I love a frantic um, comfort film. Yes. That's funny. They're, That's they're, a funny contradiction. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Jason Alexander is in it as well. Oh, shit. And Mr. George Costanza there's himself. There's a fantastic bar brawl between him and Randy Quaid that is worth the price of submission. So uh, that's a fantastic comfort film that I have not seen in years. Oh. Uh, so I recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. It's a little little corner of cinema history. Not that many people know about it. Great. Yeah. What about you, Alexis? What's a comfort film well, for you? Um, I won't mention one for right now. We'll circle back to that later on. But um, uh, so funnily enough, Spotlight is one of mine. I've, I'll just throw it on just sometimes. Just 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 to have something to watch. It's just to have it's some because fun. they knew they did they... it. The kids, we gotta <laughs> nail these suckers. Um, so yeah, Spotlight's one, but uh, I mean, growing up, Moulin Rouge, The Family mm. Opera, The Family Opera, not so much anymore. But um, oh, you know, one that has pervaded is uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Oh from yeah. Studio Ghibli. It is. It's it. I wouldn't say it's definitely not one of the best Studio Ghibli movies, but it's it is the one that is probably my favorite to rewatch over and over again because you know it has a it has a love storyline. It has a pretty boy. Um, it has a girl who yeah, voiced by Christian Bale. I know. I think I've had too much coffee, guys. My heart is pounding. Um, (laughs) But no, it it has like a a woman who, you know, doesn't really have a lot of confidence in herself. And it takes her turning into an old woman to kind of uh, come into her own. But the, you know, visually, it's gorgeous. You know, I love movies that have, you know, look like paintings. So, you know, Studio Ghibli movies. Studio Ghibli, that's, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much the people. That is the secret sauce of Studio Ghibli. My favorite Studio Ghibli film is still Princess Mononoke. Uh, I don't know if it's as rewatchable, though. It's not necessarily. I think it is, to me, the best movie itself based on, like, the subject material. I think that maybe Spirited Away is, like, the best, like, overall Mm. um, movie, like, visually and everything. But I love Princess Mononoke. That's a goal I'm going to set for myself for the next year. I'm way behind on my Studio Ghibli. They're so good. We can can set aside a month. (laughs) No, we should. We We should. They're they're really fucking good. Like, there's so many movies. And it's not just Miyazaki's movies. It's uh, Asao Takahata, who was uh, Miyazaki's partner for, like, decades. He also did a lot of movies as well that are really good good they're not the same kind of whimsical kind of thing that uh miyazaki is yep. well known for and uh prized i would suppose and to bring it back to michael keaton porco rosso yeah, oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. really good that, <laughs> i think that's probably for me the ultimate comfort Ghibli i film, may be a pig so soft but i'm squishy. not a fascist 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that line. It's one of my favorite lines. That rules. We should have that be our like tattoos that we have as like a, a bonding <laughs> Matching thing. Matching tattoos. I just kind of funny when I, when I talked to Parks the other day, mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned Porco Rosso and that's what he brought up was I may be a pig, but I'm not a fascist. And Fuck I was yeah. like, that's, that's right in line. Yeah. Um, but one last one is Coco. That, I still haven't uh, seen it. For me, it's a really good comfort me. movie because, like, I think when I was, like, away from home, I would watch that all the time and, like, cry because, like, I miss my family. I mean, I can love my family so much better from a distance, but that movie <laughs> <laughs> but that movie really made me miss them. You know, it, it was like, yeah, this is the first time that I'd really seen, like, an animated movie portray a Mexican family, and I felt like I saw elements of my family in the movie, and... And it was, it was great. It was beautiful. And, and it's so sweet, you know, it's all about, I love stories where children find themselves, you know, maybe that's a subconscious thing, but I love it. My, yeah. my Pixar comfort movie is Ratatouille. I, I love uh, Ratatouille. I love that movie. I think, you know, the, I mean, it's, it's a story about, you know, finding your voice as an artist and yeah. finding a way to you know, be appreciated and make your way into an industry. That's funny. I, I, every time I think about Ratatouille, I'm like, oh, that's a movie about food. I mean, I it love is. It. <laughs> that's as far as it goes for me. That's a it's big a food part of movie. it, too. Yeah. You know, one of my first memories of ever really, like, noticing an element of a movie, like, and thinking about the filmmaking of it, is uh, in the opening sequence of Ratatouille when the rats are all escaping from the house. Mm-hmm and they're uh, getting onto their little rafts, there's a piece of music, I believe by Michael Gucci, or Giacchino. I fucked up his name last time. Mm-hmm. It's Giacchino. Michael Noki. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there's a piece of music that I remember being like nine years old and being in the theater and being like, wow, this music is really just like making this sequence kick. And I was like, oh, oh. Wow. Like, I, I vividly remember having that thought in the wow. theater. Uh, that's cute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a little origin story for me. So, yeah, Ratatouille nice. and uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. That's also a Great. good Pixar yeah. film. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, those are the other comfort movies I wanted to bring up. Because, yeah. yeah, what I am particularly, like, if I'm actually just, like, feeling down, feeling sad. Yeah. If I watch uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, I will feel a little better because ultimately, particularly those first two movies... Danny Elfman. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Those first two movies are about a decent person trying their best and getting the shit kicked out of them by life, yeah. but continuing on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, that's... Uh, Nice. That's what, yeah, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's what I. That's what I love about those movies. And yeah, those are those are the comfort movies I was thinking about. So. Okay, Mick, do you have any more? No. No. Okay, I have one more before I move on to the <sighs> official one. The well, Mummy. You have one more. I have one more. The Mummy. The, oh, the Mummy's fantastic. I, I could rewatch that Speaking movie of every Michael year. Keaton. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. He's so good in that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but I, I see the correlation so clearly. It what all is comes it? back to Elvis. <laughs> How? I hit my head this morning, guys. Sorry. I'm hanging in there. Hold on. Nick, do you smell toast? This is is the first time that I think I've ever drinking coffee while doing this podcast. Drinking. Drinking donuts. Is it drink? Is it drink? Is it. Is it Drake? My mouth's working too fast. I'm going too fast, guys. Slow it down. 
Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, so the mummy, Mick, did you have anything else? Uh, yeah, actually, this is a two-parter. I'm going to add two more movies in there. <laughs> uh, I got to say, if I'm ever feeling, not down, but just, just feeling you know, yeah, up, actually, <laughs> okay. feeling feeling good, and I just want to relax, yeah. I will put on either the first parts of the Caribbean oh, that's or, a good one, yeah. or uh, Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes, the first one. I, oh, I, think, well, yeah. I think my thing oh, is well. I just love adventure <laughs> films. Yeah. I love a movie that takes a, a, a wacky character and you have fun with it. And if and, they're, you, and they're all near seaports. They're, I love a good <laughs> seaport. <laughs> guide, guide my way. <laughs> Ye matey. Yeah. Um, Yargamargar. You know how many times on set I go up to the grip department when they're like setting up a big diffusion thing and they're like tying ropes? I'm like, do you mind if I put on some sea shanties right now? Would that help you guys? And they look at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but I just think that would be great. Like if grips and electrics like on set just like all sang together sea shanties about their love of the sea as I'll, they set something up I'll on land. I'll start running it by the electric department yeah, as I if, go on. Please do. If you yeah. can tell them to uh, hoist the sails, uh, I think that would really brighten everyone's day. Hoist oh, my God. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Give me a second. All right. So are we... Are we oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, We're so hitting right towards that high school. This is how I know the hot seat is a little too hot sometimes is when you guys start to touch each other and I'm just staring at you. We're not touching you. each other that I mean, little, you're little making motions as if you're touching each other. <laughs> hey, Alexis, what movie are we talking about? Yeah. So, what's what's okay. going on? Stop. <laughs> we're, we're moving on. There's no more what's going on. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, but I'd like to move on <laughs> to uh, my... This movie, the penultimate. I, the penultimate movie. I watch this, this when I'm sad. I watch this. This is the penultimate movie. This is the final. Oh, this movie. is the Penn State movie. Penultimate oh is second God. to last. Okay. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, penultimate means second to last. Oh, does it? It's yes. the, so it's this the, is the exciting paramount. conclusion. Okay. Yes, this is the thrilling conclusion. Okay. This is the. How many more adjectives or adverbs can you throw in? Sublime. Wait, that's Great. not an adverb. Okay. Okay. This All is right. the sumptuous and extravagant conclusion. Okay, I'll allow that one. I'll allow that one. Um, Yeah, so I watch this movie when I'm sad. I watch this movie when I'm happy. I watch this movie when I'm angry. I watch this movie when I'm horny. Um, It's Pride and Prejudice 2005 by Joe Wright. often all four of those emotions are (laughs) happening at the same time. I'm so sad and horny and glad and feeling weird. Yeah. Um, this was Zach's first time watching it, mixing it a few times with me, and I've seen this movie. I don't even want to guess how many times I've seen this mm-hmm. movie. I saw this movie when it came out in 2005, wow. and it has been in the arsenal for how many years? Is that 15, 17 years? 17 years of watching this movie, probably at least a few times a year. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. I can actually close my eyes and see the entire movie just listening to the audio and I can quote like almost any line from it. That's how I am with the birdcage. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how I am with Zodiac. How Egyptian. (laughs) It's Arthur Lee Allen. (laughs) Mmm, Turkish coffee. Delicious. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I I had a blast with this movie on my first watch. I I was, you know, pretty lit. 
Uh, uh, yo, the why drinking are you lit, game? Zach? Uh, because the- we played the drinking game, which oh. uh, will be posted on the Instagram before this episode comes yes, out. Yes, yeah. please play along. Can can I read out the things that we added? Uh, so- oh, yeah. So we, we listed rules at the end of last episode. Uh, and As rules we were added during the movie. Yeah, it which just is felt right. fucked up. It, yeah, there were a bunch right, of moments though. where we just felt like, we should drink right now. Yeah. What triggered that? Oh. Yeah, so one of them was a drink at the iconic hand scene. Mm. Um, another one was drink every time Mr. Bingley is young, dumb, and full of cum. That's mine. <laughs> that I, I, was, I, I, that I was that mix. But it's, you can, even if you've never seen this movie, you t- you can tell. You oh, can yeah. tell when that happens. For sure. Yeah. Zach picked up on that pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, That's because I've seen Point Break, so I know what it's like when someone's young, dumb, and full of cum. I said this as a joke, but I was like, if you want to get really fucked Gary up, Deasy. just drink every time there's irrepressible giggles on screen oh, and, God, that's a and then one. zach was like no we should do it yeah, and i was I gl- like yeah I glommed let's do onto it that oh, God. Pretty quick. um i had an honorary drink for judy dench because it's not a period piece movie until judy dench yeah. somehow comes yeah. out and then we had what was it it was like oh i had a personal rule for yeah. myself it was drink every time you feel triggered by the family dynamic which was Quite often, and then I started to feel bad because then anytime you would drink, I was like, "Oh, Alexis is triggered. I'm gonna gonna drink." Juiced, man. I was juiced (laughs) up, bricked up, full up of seltzer and wassail. That's right. Oh yeah! Uh, Congratulations to Mick, by the way. You make some fucking mean wassail. Thank you. Can you explain what wassail is? Yeah. uh, Speaking of Pride and Prejudice, yeah, (laughs) wassail is a uh, harvest drink that I believe is Scandinavian or Dutch. Uh, it's basically just spice cider. You get some spider, spider. You get some yeah, but it's like so good. You put like you put cider, but then you put like cinnamon and like cinnamon cardamom, sticks, cardamom pods, uh, nutmeg, nutmeg, uh, little cloves, oranges. You put orange fresh sli- slices orange of oranges. Slices. It's so um, good, and then you put brandy in it. Yeah, then you put yeah. a little bit of brandy in there, and you have yourself a good little time. Yeah, when you're yeah. watching Pride and Prejudice, so yeah. good. a little hot um, Zach laughed so many times. I want. Y- God, we're so in sync. That was literally what I was about to bring up. <laughs> oh, tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Okay. That was the wrong wrong notes there, but you're you're still okay. I still love you. Me? Uh, Damn. Not Mick. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, I... Wait, hold on one second. Fuck you. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really appreciate that this movie understands the inherent silliness of the British upper class, particularly in this time period. Like, there's a scene towards the end before Mr. Bingley goes back to propose to Rosamund Pike's character. Yeah. Bingley. Um, And he's, like, rehearsing what he's gonna do with Mr. Darcy. (laughs) Uh, And there's there's another sequence um, where all of the Bennets are... Sit down together. Oh, my God. Yeah, the scene where they all collectively go <sighs> and sit down together hysterical uh, but the one that I was thinking about is before Darcy and Bingley show up yeah they are like frantically oh, cleaning up the room cleaning up the yeah. room and yeah. trying to look presentable putting away the ribbons yeah and like yelling at each Mary, other Mary Mary find some useful employment and then it cuts to uh, Bingley and Darcy entering and the Bennets are all like sitting on their like couches and chairs pretending yeah pretending to read oh and they're perfectly blocked out yes yeah Yeah, good bit uh there's i was shocked how many good bits are in this movie The, the thing that i love so much about this adaption is that it doesn't lose 
any anything because I've read the book a few times, you know, like I've read all, a lot of Jane Austen's like works and it doesn't lose anything in the translation. It They really whoever adapted the screenplay really understood hmm. the humor that is always present in the novels and especially the actors just know how to time their responses to kind of generate the most humor out of these things. Um, like Mr. Collins, he's oh, a perfect so example of that. Yes. Oh my God. Who is that? Oh, that's the actor uh, from the second Pirates Tom, of the Caribbean. Yes, Tom yeah. Hollander, who is also the British Prime Minister in Mission Impossible. Nice. Thank you. He's the British Prime Minister in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation during the scene where uh, it is discussed how Ethan Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny. Oh, God. We're back. Uh, <laughs> it all comes back to Mission Impossible, apparently. It fucking does. <laughs> Bunk -a -dunk -a -dun 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 -dun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I've talked about this movie so much. I feel like I don't have anything to say so, about yeah. other than how wonderful it. it is. <laughs> no, it's it's so good. Something I really uh, love about it is it the its sense of time. Uh, yeah. It does not feel like a modern film. It doesn't feel like an old film. It just feels like a window into the past. As soon yeah. as the as soon as the score starts. The beautiful cinematography from beginning to end, yeah. you are carried this back is... to this era. And it's just, there's so much visual splendor. There's so much, just splendor going all around, really. Shouts out Dario Marianelli. I was literally, yeah. we were so in sync. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say that this is like the perfect bookend to our period piece, Palooza. <laughs> um, because uh, Dario Marianelli also did Jane Eyre's score. Yeah. Um, so Great it's, music. yeah. And you know, just, I think the combination of the score with the sweeping landscapes, I think that's the other thing that Joe Wright really does well mm -hmm. in this movie is, um, understand the inherent beauty in the, the, uh, British landscape during yeah. that point in time, you know? Um, one of my favorite things, though, is that Elizabeth Bennet, you can tell that she's like, uh, Mr. Darcy, I'm kind of interested in him. And then she fucking sees his pad and she's like, what the yeah. fuck? I turned this dude down? He lives here with all these marble statues? His place is like 20 of my houses. Yeah. He has a lake. Ha oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Darcy's pad is fucking sweet. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Darcy's got a nice crib. <laughs> Since we're talking. Yeah, I'd slide in there. For Since sure. we're talking Mr. Darcy, <laughs> uh, I have to talk about the very weird experience I had watching <laughs> Matthew, this movie. Matthew McFadden. Oh, yeah. Yes, Matthew McFadden, uh, for those of you who don't know, is uh, one of the supporting actors on the best TV show currently airing, which is Succession. Uh, he very plays different Tom character. Wamsgans, who is not a dashing romantic lead he is a ball of nervous energy who when he is not desperately trying to make his disapproving wife happy he is uh bullying slash flirting with her cousin greg who is the tallest dorkiest drink of water in existence i've seen him in a bunch of movies and i've always thought he's so cute because i always just love that brand of dorky guy yeah nicholas braun yeah a wonderful love actor him. as well yeah love check him. out uh zola from that, last year that is actually Zora, also sorry 
the reason why I started watching Succession was because I saw a few videos on TikTok that made it seem like there was something gay going on between them. There is. And I was like, when I started watching, I was like, where is it? Where is it? But I think I just have to keep going because I'm only on like episode three or four. Greg, wrestle me to the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, some lines that are uh, either attributed to or said by Matthew McFadden. Uh, buckle up, fucklehead. Yeah. Uh, you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Gregs. I said that over Walkie <laughs> this week. Because yeah. we were talking about him, uh, yeah. Matthew McFadden, because the uh, second second idea I'm working with works on Succession. I'm so And jealous. says that he's an immaculate guy to work with. I'm he's sure he it. seems yeah. incredibly pleasant in interviews. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is... I have a little tote bag that my brother got me for my birthday that says Team Kendall in the Twilight font. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of who I'm rooting for on Succession, Mr. Tom Wobbscans. He rules Matthew McFadden. I love Matthew McFadden. Actor. I'm just automatically, you know, that man rewired my brain as Mr. Darcy, and I've <laughs> yeah. never been the same since. Yeah. In fact, I would say that every relationship that I have is probably inherently disappointing after watching Mr. Darcy. <laughs> wow. There's just the, the, Bummer. the, the tension, the, 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 the longing looks, the, the pants. Oh yeah, that's another one of the rules. Yeah, anytime he's looking he really good. Especially in well in his pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, if you're going to be with Alexis, bust out some fucking tight, tight yeah, leggings. Yeah, she requires camel toe. <laughs> Uh, just, I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. Another thing that We're I really appreciated it. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really incredible waters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Particularly, there's one at the ball that mm, I yes. believe Darcy and Bingley throw. Uh, it's Bingley's place. Bingley's so place. He, Bingley he, throws it. Bingley throws it. After it's being the pressured ball, by yeah. After being pressured which, by the Bennets. Which, just as a quick side note, when me and Mick watched the 1995 BBC miniseries, which was like six hours and disappointing because there was like the saddest fucking kiss at the end. Uh, that's all I have it to say about kiss. it. It was a bad kiss. A couple of turtles um, going at But it. like when we watched that Netherfield ball scene in the BBC version, Mick's one comment was, "This is like the Jane Austen version of Uncut Gems because yeah. from the beginning to the end of that scene, you were so there's so much going on. You're so stressed, and I think that comes across in the one or two because like you can see all the different ways that her family is embarrassing her essentially and then it ends on elizabeth hiding yeah, yeah and that's always so hard when they i think it's their first kind of like they have their confrontation yeah uh, bennett and darcy where there's the what does he say there's the manner of your family mm-hmm. uh where he basically kind of calls out the fact that uh her family is um kind of all over the place uh, inappropriate and yeah. unbecoming and for unbecoming. people of their age and you can see in elizabeth bennett's face like oh my god how dare he and he's, he's right. right yeah that's the worst <laughs> right. it's always the worst part when somebody insults you and then you're like ah oh, fucking right yeah, though it's, a nerve. it's it's more infuriating actually yeah. um but i really love that one because you have obviously such a warm tone in the room up until you get to the part where you 
are on Elizabeth at the very end of that one and it's obviously it's blue lighting yeah. you know she's in the Ghost dark cold. and it, she looks so good she the, the shot is just so visually pretty with her yeah. in it yeah. I don't know my, my favorite one if I can just really quickly is uh, it's pretty simple there's not a whole lot of camera movement but it's when Mr. Collins and Mrs. Bennett yeah. the, the mother are speaking as to oh, Mr. Collins Mr. Collins about how he wishes to wed uh, Rosamund Pike's character. The oldest Miss Bennett. The Bennett. oldest Miss Bennett. But unfortunately, she is, you know, probably going to go with... Uh, uh, Bingley. 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 And they're discussing this, uh, and you have basically, it starts with a wide shot of all of the uh, of the sisters are in the background in this room, lit by fire, and then it becomes a two-shot. They do a rack focus, and suddenly Bennett and... Uh, Mr. Collins are talking. Then it goes, it kind of punches in, rack focuses, then it's the wide shot again, comes back to the two shot, another rack focus, where then it becomes a one-er, uh, or, or just a single shot, and it's just, it's so... It's so smooth. It's so smooth, it's yeah. so dynamic, where they fire off about five different shots just by moving the camera forward and back and doing different rack focuses. Yeah. So good. The, 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 I, the focus puller was really working overtime in this movie. I have, <laughs> a, I have, a, I have a note from that scene. Okay. I'm pretty sure, it's not attributed to Alexis, but I'm pretty sure she said it, okay. which is the focus puller put his whole bussy into that shot of <laughs> oh, that's definitely Alexis. Mr. Collins. I don't say bussy. Yeah, well, that yeah, is and I don't either. That's, that is in your wheelhouse. That did not come from my the brain. The focus puller really sure put his whole fucking pussy into that yeah he no, did he did for he really our did. older listeners that is a butt pussy <laughs> um I can great s- i can just hear my dad go oh <laughs> <laughs> love you dad oh no we aim to, we, on the film majors we aim to educate our audience the more yeah, you know because knowledge is power I mean, we're millennials, but we gotta keep up with the children, so. And their bussies. I think technically, oh, no. I'm, I think. <laughs> no, Nick. Oh, no. Cut that, cut that, Didn't cut that. Didn't we just w- talk about she said? Damn. We just talked about Spotlight. Yeah. It's time, Robbie. <laughs> Bussy. They knew. They did it to kids. We gotta nail these suckers so we can show that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest, or a cardinal, cardinal or, or a freaking bussy. Yeah. You done? Stop it, Mick. <laughs> you are you're in a time out. Yeah, you're fucking you're well. I didn't even bring it up. You you mentioned that the first I, oh, 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 I said there. it Sorry. during the movie. I'm hearing, I was drunk. I'm hearing the, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that brings me to another Alexis quote from this movie, which is that scene gets so much better drunk every time. <laughs> She was sober when she said that. that? I have no fucking clue. No, we don't remember. We were drunk. Uh, One of the scenes that it never fails to make me and my sister laugh so Mm. hard is when um, Mr. Darcy, mm, Elizabeth Bennett, Bingley, and then Bingley's sister Caroline are all sitting together. And they're talking about, like, what the ultimate, like, educated woman is. And Bingley's like... Oh, yeah, like, how do you guys have the patience to be so, you know, well accomplished? You know, I've never met a lady who they say isn't accomplished. You know, they paint tapestries and embroider cushions, you know? And then uh, Mr. Darcy's like, I honestly don't know any ladies other than maybe like half a dozen in my acquaintance that are truly accomplished. And he basically, like, says that, like, they've got to be a bunch of things. 
but also they must like expand their mind with a sense of like a good sense of reading and elizabeth i love this moment because she immediately shuts the book she's like shuts the book that she's reading and she's like actually i'm not surprised that you only know six accomplished women i rather wonder how you know any and he's like are you so severe on your own sex like being like uh are you being unfair to your own kind and she's like uh well i've never seen such a woman she certainly would be a fearsome thing to behold and charles's only response is yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she basically he just, like, and me and my sister lose it every time because his laugh is just so fucking young, dumb, I, and full of cum. I think I said that he's basically the Pepper Brooks of, uh, of <laughs> Jane Austen. That's the Jason Bateman character from Dodgeball. Yeah. It just it all fits. Yeah. You know who it's else? A bold I, move, Cotton. You know, bold move, Cotton. Let's see know. if it pays off for him. Oh eh? wait. <laughs> Sorry, Zach doesn't like Dodgeball. No? Not a big fan. Love I, that movie. It's one, again, I think it's one of those movies that I caught too late in life. Oh, yeah. I watched it when it came out, probably. Which is too bad, because it's a Justin Long fan. Yeah. That's one of his best. And then also just, like, fucking uh, Ben. 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 Yeah, Ben's ben, great now. Ben. 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 Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller and his uh, his his wife at the time. I don't know if they're still together. They are not. So. Uh, but, that's like, Christina Applegate. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Sure, it is. No, it's not. Why not? It's not. I can <laughs> say that it is. Great. I'm glad That's you can great. say that it is. It's Christina Applegate. Free yeah. But I, I just, I love that they're like, kind. Of, she's like, you're fucking disgusting. And he's like trying to get in her pants like the whole time. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's my side note. But they're like, they were together during it. So it's like, that must have been so fun to like yeah, play fight. As, yeah, as a, uh, a, what a couple great with play. real chemistry showing that they have no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, can you imagine going home and being like, God, that was so hot today when you just fucking slapped me across the face. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> When you acted like you threw up in your own mouth. <laughs> you know who must have that experience constantly? Huh? Uh, Charlie Day and his wife. Oh, Because yeah. uh, on It's Always Sunny, yeah. the I uh, Mary... Oh, my God. I'm going to forget her last name. But the actress who plays the waitress on It's mm-hmm. Always Sunny, who is the woman who Charlie is constantly stalking. Yeah. She is his wife in real life. Really? Yeah. I never really saw I didn't watch a lot of that TV show. Oh, it's but, so good. Yeah. Um, you know who I wanted to shout out in this film? Huh. Donald, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I, his I want to see that too. complete lack of interest in like the... His wife? <laughs> well, I mean, for one thing, yeah, because she's fucking annoying Well, she shit. talks about how he's going to be dead soon. Oh, Mr. Bennett! Um... But his his lack My of goodness. interest in like adhering to like the shit that you're supposed to care about in that society yeah. in terms of like oh I've got to marry, marry daughter my daughter off to a rich man. Yeah. It's just like I don't. You would well, these men these men so annoy much, me. Yeah. I think I, I, I don't know though. if it's a lack of of interest. It's not a lack of interest. In I his think it's a daughter. lack of concern. Because I, I, the reason yeah. I like Mr. Bennett is because it honestly, I kind of am with him in the sense of, you know, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. I think he just has a sense of it's all going to work out. Like, what are we all Yeah. Over? But also, like, Elizabeth is very clearly his favorite. Yeah. So, like, I understand I where he's coming dynamic. from, where he says, like, I love, I love how he just plays his wife constantly. Like and she's like, she's like, how could you do this to my poor nose? And he says, uh, what does he say? He's like, Oh, I would never. They've been my constant companion, companion. these 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the scene where 
uh, Mr. Collins. Miss, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Bennett is trying to force Elizabeth to accept yeah. Mr. Collins's proposal. And they're cousins, by the way. Of course. Yeah, and Mr. <laughs> Bennett is like... They're white and British. Listen, they're, cousins. <laughs> yep, they're all cousins. <laughs> yeah, there are only 20 British people. Um, but the the conversation that he has with Elizabeth where he's like, listen, you're going to lose one of your parents, your mother if you say no, or me if you say yes to this guy. Uh, oh, that's one of my favorite lines. Fucking, From this oh, day on, you scene. must become a stranger to one of your parents. Your mother will never see you again if you... Don't marry Mr. Collins, and I will never see you again if you do. Love it. Living for it. And just the look on her face when he says that is just like, dad's got my back. Yeah. One of my favorite, like, because especially after that, and I love Brenda Blethen. She perfectly plays Mrs. Bennett, like, to the T. She just, the franticness, the irritation that she just naturally exudes in her being. Yeah. And she's like, she's like running after Elizabeth after that happens. And she's just like, Gosh, I shall never speak to you again. Not that I take much pleasure in talking. And you're just like, is that true? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, that cracked me up. Another one of my favorite lines, no, two of my favorite lines of hers. One is uh, the breakfast after the ball. And she's talking to Mr. Bennett. And is she says, she's hung over. No, she says, you know, Mr. Bennett, every, everyone would think the way that you talk that our daughters were born to a grand inheritance. When you die, which may in fact be very soon, our daughters will be left without a penny to their name or something. And then uh, fucking Elizabeth is like, Mama, it's 10 in the morning. And I had to drink right after that because, because I was like, I've had so many experiences where my it's like six in the triggered. morning. My mom's made us <laughs> breakfast. And now she's just like telling us fucking something. And I'm like, Mom, oh, my God, it's literally literally six in the morning could you just wait an hour yeah and then the very my last favorite line of hers is the one where like lydia has run away with mr wickham and she's like in her bed and she's just like lydia must be know what she's doing to poor mama such flutterings and spasms all over me and it's just like she's just be, she's behaving so pathetically and then as soon as she finds out that lydia's married she's just like oh my god i have to tell everyone and then she's like ring the servants they shall have a bowl of punch um it's great brenda blethen fucking phenomenal great in fact just like the whole cast rosamund pike i love her as jane she just has this like kind of ethereal kind of beauty to her in the movie that i think is important for jane's character so i love the final scene where uh Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy are, t- I guess now would be Elizabeth Darcy at that point. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, basically talking about, like, what should I call you if I'm cross? Mm. Mrs. Mrs. Darcy is like, no, you should only call me that when you are incandescently happy. And then he just starts going in, Mrs. Darcy. Mrs. Darcy. He started giving them the kisses. It's so cute. It's really cute. It's so beautifully lit. It was a end the story. And he has, like, just, like, He's just like wearing like a. He's, this is the first time you've ever seen Mr. Darcy like not in his like full regalia. You know, it's the first time you see his legs. You know, yeah. Jesus man, you get a little, you get a little peeky boo, a little peeky boo, the jelly beans. <laughs> uh, please, please do not bring back toes as jelly beans. We got it's complaints about the jelly belly. Who complained about the yeah, jelly who, beans? Who complained? Edwin. Oh come on, Edwin. I know you're listening uh, to this. I'm with you, Edwin. Yeah, I'm also with you, buddy. Um, no, that was the scene where Alexis said, that man could drown me in that lake, and I'd say, thank you, sir. <laughs> wow. Oh, the Alexis hot takes I keep getting hotter. so drunk by that time. Yeah, no, you're, you're, but that's 
that's just you being honest, though. I was. It, the filter comes off when I drink, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. You know, drown me. <laughs> I'm a skirt. Hold me under. Uh, Jesus. Reflect, reflecting on the past, the previous ten episodes of this podcast, it's remarkable how many of them feature Alexis talking about how she had a sexual awakening while watching the film. She has so many sexual awakenings. Like, that do you get any sleep, girl? Like Yeah. I actually sleep great. Sometimes I sleep ten hours. Yeah, when she watches these night. films, she, yeah. she lights up a cigarette. And she's like, oh. I have a great catharsis every time I fire one of these up and then I get to go to bed. She fires one up and then fires one off. <laughs> That was a high five, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I love it. Um. <laughs> As she recoils in her chair because she knows how right we are. Um, yeah, it, Carrie Mulligan's also in this movie too. She's Kitty. She has a very she has a small part, but uh, she was in She Said, so I thought I'd oh, nice. shout her out. Great. Um, it was just it was so weird because I was like, oh, we're literally about to talk about Pride and Prejudice, and I'm watching her in this like totally different role in She Said, so it was kind of fun. I. Uh... One more thing I want to bring up about the ball that uh, Bingley throws yeah. is uh, there's a very funny moment, or it might be the ball before that, where Elizabeth and Darcy are dancing together. It's the Netherfield ball, yeah. And uh, Elizabeth goes, I love this dance. And Darcy goes, indeed, most invigorating. And then they proceed to do the slowest, most boring, <laughs> yeah. shitty dance imaginable. And I'm like, oh, man, they're, things were fucking popping off. This seems so fun. They're having a full-on argument so politely during that scene. It's, and then the sexual tension just know, gets nice say, it's and hot. thick. Yeah, it's great. And I just, I love the, what they do with vanishing everybody because, you know, they're, I mean, it's pretty on the nose that they're in their own world, but I, I still like the visual representation of like everyone disappearing and they're just dancing together. Mm. It always, uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was so fucking romantic when I was a kid. <laughs> Alexis, do you enjoy the voyeurism of this film? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Please explain. Tell us more. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think generally anytime any film has uh, elements of voyeurism, it just makes me like like it a lot more. Um, I immediately thought of The Handmaiden and what's wrong with me? Um, jingle bells, jingle bells, wow. jingle bells. I, I thought about Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, now that you're talking about it, I, now I can't really think of anything. Um, well, there's well, I think a lot it's just of scenes. Like, I was going to say the hand shot. That uh, should, we should not record this well, episode and not mention the handshot. I, yeah. For the voyeurism, that I was like was a cultural thinking, reset. There's, there's yeah. so many moments where Elizabeth is like <clears throat> watching Darcy through doors or. Oh, you know, one hidden. of my favorite ones is when she uh, hears the piano playing in. She visits the Pemberley house uh, yes. and she hears the piano playing and she can see that it's his sister. And then he comes in and then she gets caught look like seeing him and then of course he chases after her and they have this like really she, sweet but awkward like does she like, know interaction. that's his sister like when she first sees it yes i oh, think she, she does. does because oh, okay. because she's heard so much about his sister and knows how much like he cares about her so i think she has this like fascination of like 
oh, this is his sister. And then she realizes, oh, fuck, he's home. Shit, I fucked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she immediately is like, he's gonna, he's, this is so inappropriate. I turned this man down. I gotta fucking run out of here. And then he chases after her to be like, hey, can I walk you home? And she's like, no, I like, I just, I like walking. I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm, yeah, literally panic. Um, but it's, it's so cute. Uh, one of the other moments that I love between them is when, uh, I think they're at fucking Rosings Park, um, with, uh, Lady Catherine de Bourgh and, uh, her little Phaeton and ponies. <laughs> and, uh, she's playing on the piano. It's clear she's like not great at the piano. Um, and she told Darcy's cousin, um, Colonel Fitzwilliam that, you know, the first time I met him, he didn't dance with anybody, even though there was not enough men for all the women that were there. And he didn't talk with anybody except for the people that he already knew. And Darcy says, um, I do not have the talent for conversing easily with people I've never met before. And she says, perhaps you should take your aunt's advice and practice. And what does he do the next day? He just shows up at her fucking house and he comes in and it's clear Elizabeth's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he just starts trying to talk to her. And she's like, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And then he's like, okay, it's so good to see you and runs away basically. But it's so cute because yeah. it's clear to me that he was trying to do what she said and practice talking to somebody that he doesn't really know. And it was I th- precious. I think that comes back to the title, which I, I never really knew before obviously before watching Mm -hmm. this why it was called pride and prejudice yeah and i do think that that's a a really appropriate title yeah for this story because it is all about you know what the characters assume about one another yeah uh like yeah that sequence where he comes to her house and she's like oh he's so fucking rude yeah you know can't won't talk to me and it's like yeah. no he's trying he the motherfucker has social anxiety yo boy is shy uh yeah. yeah and then pride in terms of like oh i've you know felt like i've been slighted and now you know like when he confesses his love to her the first time and it doesn't go well and yeah. he goes, i shall never express these feelings again yeah it's, yeah yeah it's it's all about you know not wanting to get hurt and yeah. assuming, he doesn't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, assuming the worst in other people. But and does. in general, because he has so much money, she assumes that he is prideful, like because he has money, not and it's really just because he's shy. That so suffering that the rich <laughs> have the prejudice against rich people. It's so tough. That's one of my favorite lines though at the beginning of the movie where like she's like, uh, so how much does he have? And she's like twenty so I think it's like twenty thousand pounds and he owns half of Derbyshire and she says, Well the miserable half. <laughs> yeah. Um in general, just like uh there's so many moments where like I'm just like zing, like Elizabeth, you got him. Literally <laughs> like when uh, Darcy, she's already heard him talk about how she's not pretty enough to tempt him. And so when he asks her, like, later on in conversation at the very first ball at the beginning of the movie, like, uh, so what So what do you think, like, to, like, how, what do you think to encourage affection? And she says, dancing, but only if one's partner is barely tolerable. And oh, then she fucking so walks away, and I'm like, yeah, she's throwing yeah. that line she back in his threw face. She literally the fucking That's what down. he said about her. Yeah, it's minutes great. before. She, I, I think that's why this movie is pervasively just continues to be people's 
some of people's like most favorite and adored like period piece movies is just how strong Elizabeth Bennett's character is through um, not just the, the script and obviously like how they kind of modernize it, but obviously Keira Knightley is just so talented Um, and her delivery of these lines just have so much personality. So she really made it her own. And that was, that was fascinating to watch the BBC version and then compare it to this mm-hmm. uh, completely different versions of Elizabeth Bennett, but uh, it really made me appreciate her performance all the more. Um, I will say, it, oh, sorry, no, go for it. That's fine. Uh, the one negative I'm gonna bring up, I think this movie suffered a little bit for me uh, viewing it so close to Little Women yeah. because it's kind of a similar setup in mm-hmm. terms of being. A period piece about a family with four sisters, I believe. Both there's five sisters. Five. There's five in okay. the Bennett family. I missed yeah. one in the Bennett family. And Mary, probably, or Kitty. Sure. Oh, Mary. Uh, Poor Mary. <laughs> but it both are about a strong female protagonist jutting up against societal expectations of the era. Yeah. And I just I find Joe's journey a little more compelling than I find <laughs> Elizabeth's. I think they're both good movies. I think that that's because Pride and Prejudice at its heart is a romance film yeah. in many ways. Where it's like an American film and you don't like the British. That's, <laughs> hey, that's what I think it is. Listen, uh, our British um, listeners, I appreciate you all. Our Irish listeners, I appreciate you more. I also uh, just think that like is. it's not really comparable in the same way because Little Women to me is just like a... Uh, like culture like maybe not culturally but a very rich storyline in the way that like kindness is always met like grief is always met with kindness in that movie and um just the way that the family dynamic is between the sisters is like very much explored that's the movie is very much about family and about being good to the people that are that are close to you and um, that's not what Pride and Prejudice is about. Yeah, that's I, not the central storyline. So it, to me, they don't feel comparable. I love Little Women in a different way than I love Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I think that, like, again, I'm not trying to, like, this, this is not me saying that it makes Pride and Prejudice a worse movie. I think it's more just why I think it suffered a little bit for me. Because you just yeah. watched them so close yes, to one another. Yes, I watched them so Same close day. to one another. And I find it more compelling that the... I, I, I find the March family more compelling than mm. the Bennett family, which, you know, is by design because Pride and Prejudice is about this romance between Elizabeth and Darcy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like we, we spend a lot of time with the Bennets, and I am less compelled by them than I am by the marches. Although I do still think they're quite fun. You know what my immediate reaction was to you saying anything about comparing Little Women to Pride and Prejudice? Shut up, man. No, it was, uh, you want to start a street fight with me? Bring it on, but you'll be surprised by how ugly it gets. You don't even know my real name. I'm the fucking Lizard Lizard King. (laughs) Shouts out James Spader. James Spader, baby. That's immediately, I was immediately wanting to say, you want to start a street fight, Zach? (laughs) Um, y'all knife fight you in the Super King parking lot. Hey, listen, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, you're gonna have to wait in line. 
do we do we have anything else about Pride and Prejudice? Uh, I'm sure we do. There, there's got to be something else. I can scrounge something up. Um, oh, that was the other thing. One of my favorite shots is when um, Elizabeth and uh, Jane are talking together under the covers. Under the sheets. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. It was really cute. I really loved it. I mean, like, you know, now that I've been on so many, like, on film sets and, like, I know the movie magic that mm-hmm. creates that, you know, there was like obviously, but it, they still managed to make that a feel so intimate, yeah. despite me knowing that there's literally people holding open these fucking sheets and yeah. there's probably someone with like a light pinned down over it so that it looks like there's candlelight, you know? It's a testament to like great fucking actors. Yeah, you know? great, yeah. great Not being acting. Thrown by that. But then also just like, I, I don't often see some of the. Choices, I guess, in the shot variety that is in Pride and Prejudice. I don't see it that often in other things. And so every time I do see those shots, I'm always just like, God, what an excellent choice to portray like this conversation, you know? Oh, yeah. One thing that we kind of touched on, but we haven't circled back to, is the shots of hands. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I made Zach do a hand it. shot in a student film yes, of ours, right. and I literally was like, it's like Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so this is now <laughs> this is now actually in our link tree. I linked uh, the page on my website with all my short films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Alexis and I co-directed a short film, which I was in, and there's a shot where we wanted to portray that my character was anxious. Yeah. So Alexis was like, okay, we're going to get this shot of your hand. <laughs> and when we were in pre-production, she was like, it's this shot Pride and Prejudice where Mr. Darcy is anxious. And when I, I, I was, had to you know, explain where it came yeah, from. Yeah, and when I was watching this, I was like... Yeah, contextualizes everything. But that 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 hand shot was like a cultural reset. To this day on TikTok, people still fucking talk about that fucking hand shot. <laughs> it is like, you know, it's it's I think the thing that Joe Wright gets so good in Pride and Prejudice is the element of the female gaze. You know, and that is like when someone touches your hand and you're like, I thought you hated me. And so you just linger on that and then you can see like him walk away and that was improvised that hand shot was improvised actually it wasn't originally in it and then they just like fucking went with it so i mean that's tribute to matthew mcfadden and joe wright yeah. for being so flexible with things you What's know that saying you get a lot of credit for things you never intended yeah yeah um it's very true uh also one of the best scenes in the rain personally to me uh. like everyone's nice and damp <laughs> oh i like it we love a slick <laughs> that makes three of us make, we love a slick boy in, in the words of the blank check podcast we love a slick flick yes, yes we do um but yeah no the, the i love that i remember i viscerally remember watching that in theaters for the first time when i was like i want to say i was like 10 maybe 11 and um they get really, really close. They're almost like breathing at each other. And then he says, I'm so sorry, madam, for taking up so much of your time. And then just fucking walks away. And she just like almost like half collapses with like the the, the catharsis of the sexual energy. And I'm just like, same girl, same. You're <laughs> <laughs> looking at a girl who just got off. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing Alexis was on the couch. Yeah, soak it up. <laughs> uh, Gross. <laughs> I feel like we've we've mined Pride and Prejudice yeah. pretty deeply. We've yeah. mined its ore. And yeah. we've uh, We've delved. We've, we've delved, delved deep. we've dived, we've dug <laughs> into we've dodged, we've dipped. Dodgeball. We've, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. 
We've dived deep into many a period piece over this month. Yeah, we and have. We'd just like to thank you so much for listening yeah. to this. Uh, especially it's, you. It's, you know it's who you not are. quite over. I'm going to subject the boys to as many more period piece movies as I can before mm. the month is up because it's not my birthday yet and they are beholden to me. Yeah, that's um, right. And, you know, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This will be uh, premiering the day after Thanksgiving. Fuck Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, 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 fuck what it stands yeah, for. Fuck but Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, we don't wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a horrible Thanksgiving. I actually. Uh, nice shout, shout out to everybody that is going to need like a few hours of quiet time after yep. experiencing their families. I'm right there with you. We feel you. you. We see you. That's I, why I'm here for you. It's a large part of why we are putting out episodes during the holidays to give you something to do away from your family. Something exactly. to listen in your ear pods as you're there with your family. And don't at the forget table. about the world's most important holiday that comes up literally just that Sunday. It is my birthday. It's Alexa's it is birthday. birthday. The day that I was brought into this goddamn world, my womb emancipation. Um, <laughs> your what? Your womb I emancipation? Wow, my, my, my ex Diana always says happy womb em- emancipation whenever it's my birthday. It's great. That's wow. really funny. It's one of my favorite things. I love that. Well, we've come to the end of period, Peace Palooza. Woo! But next week, we will still be discussing a film that is a period piece. Mm-hmm. It's a film that we promised you Cut in, in episode three. And we just, we had technical difficulties. Yeah. We lost our original recording. The lost episode. So Literally, come that, next that, week. So sad. That episode was so funny. Well, it's so fitting, too, that yeah. this is our lost episode because it's the best film of the year. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's not. Yes, it is. It's honestly in my bottom five. Really? Still. Wow, I'm right down there with it then. I'm in your bottom five, too. Yeah. He's bottom, yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> on my back, looking up at Elvis right above me, and I'm enjoying the view. So, yeah, we're discussing Baz Luhrmann's 2022 <laughs> film, Elvis, which you can find on HBO Max. A modern Max. classic. You can find it on HBO Max. We'll discuss how we all fucking feel about it. I love that movie because it's so divisive. Some like mo- Most of the people that I've talked about this movie to, they fucking hate it. It um, conjures strong feelings. It yeah, does. it does. I, so. you know, I'd rather talk about a movie that I don't like that made me feel something than a movie that I'm lukewarm on and I'm not going to think about in a week. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this episode. Uh, you can find the movie on HBO Max. And, uh, yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at FilmMajorsPod on Instagram, Twitter, as long as Twitter still exists, yeah. and TikTok. <laughs> R.I.P. Twitter. Yep. Bye, Twitter. And, uh, yeah, if you want to send us some feedback, uh, you know, compliments, complaints, whatever you got. Berations. Berations yes. are the best. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to demand that you berate us at the end of every episode. I just, want to, I just want to hear something clever and fun and a slap to the face, you know? Yeah, that's how we get off. <laughs> um, you can email us at filmmajorspod at gmail.com. And yeah, that uh Do we have a LinkedIn? Uh no. No. We're, Why not, did we we're have not a even LinkedIn. Relevant. We're not a business. We're not yeah. relevant. Yeah. Uh yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And uh Alexis, do you have any any final words on period peace palooza? Send us off. Uh I'm really happy you guys took this journey with me. I there's I don't know. I don't know. I think it was well, that, that TikTok. with that. Oh, great, 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 great. It's fine. It's fine. No, keep going. Cut the woman off.